Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the XA Podcast. My name is Alap, I'm a member of the XA Network and I'll be your host for today. The XA Network, formerly Zuglo Angels, was founded in 2018 as an investment collective comprising senior execs from leading global and regional technology companies. Our mission is to provide smart capital to early stage companies across Southeast Asia and eventually Asia Pacific. In the last 18 months, the network has invested in over 15 companies and deployed multi-million dollars in capital. You can find more details and our portfolio at www.xanetwork.com. So what's this podcast all about? Well, you are probably here because you are interested in the intersecting world of startups, angel investing, and Southeast Asia. It's this unique intersection that XA believes it's well-suited to cover. The group will endeavor to bring you the best of early and seed stage startup founders, venture capital and angel investors, ecosystem players like accelerators and government entities. To start off, the XA Network has asked me to host a discussion with two prominent members on the why, the what, and the how all of this comes to life. My guests today are Tony Zemakowski and Chirayu Watke. Tony is a global executive and active angel investor with 20 plus years of experience in the media and technology industries. He's held various leadership positions in Europe and Asia at Netflix, Google, and Warner Media. In his current capacity, he has been instrumental in establishing and growing Netflix's footprint in the Asia Pacific region. He currently serves on the board of directors of the Asia Video Industry Association and is an active investor with the XA Network. My second guest is Chirayu Watke. Chirayu has over 12 years of business development and venture capital experience, having led BD for multiple new product areas at Google and run an APAC focused early stage VC fund. He has been a board member and a CXO on demand to several companies and also serves as a technical advisor to the Prime Minister's office, Singapore, for research-based early stage funding for deep technology. He is also an active angel investor with the XA Network. All right, folks, so let's start with a little walk down memory lane. Uh, I'd really like to get to know both of you and I'd like to know you better. So how did you get started with angel investing um, and, you know, kind of investing in Southeast Asia in particular? So maybe I can take that, uh, that question. Um, so I've been a, an angel investor for the past um, eight years and uh, I started when uh, when I was living in Hong Kong uh, working for Google at that time and I still remember uh, having a, a lunch with one of my former colleague from uh, from Warner Brothers and he was telling me that he set up this uh, angel network uh, focus on China uh, Hong Kong Taiwan and uh, and Southeast Asia and uh, and at that time, I didn't know anything about angel investing. And really, you know, uh, by listening to him, I got really convinced about the uh, value of angel investing. And what really uh, piqued my interest is number one, the fact that you can see uh, amazing uh, concepts, uh, great entrepreneur, and uh, really, you know, making me uh, sharper. Uh, executive by being exposed to those amazing ideas. So um, I essentially joined this group uh, eight years ago and uh, started to be very active. 
initially, you know, investing uh, in uh, some of the startups in, uh, in China. Uh, of course, you know, lost a bit of money because I didn't have a clue about the, uh, the, the, Chinese, uh, the Chinese market at the time. And uh, making, you know, a lot of mistakes. And that's, uh, that's really how you, you learn. And, um, and then, you know, I decided to stop. And I stopped for the reason because I, I couldn't see at that time uh, good companies, right? Uh, in, uh, in China, yes. But uh, I realized that I was the pretty, uh, pretty green about that market. So uh, I was not really well equipped to make an uh, effective decision. Uh, so I could make uh, or bring more value to Sorcistasia and uh, I couldn't see good companies there. Uh, so I decided to pause on that uh, for a few years. And then in um, 2014, I moved to, uh, to Singapore. And after a few years, I realized that the uh, uh, ecosystem was really emerging, you know, with more uh, interesting startups, um, more uh, funds, you know, setting up a shop in uh, in uh, in Singapore, and I realized it was the uh, probably the right time for me to to start again. So I decided to uh, to start again and invest in uh, in startups in uh, in Singapore and uh, Indonesia uh, spe specifically. And uh, yeah, since then I uh, I didn't stop and uh, I really love it. Awesome, thank you. Chirayo, what about you? Yeah, so I think my journey started uh, in the US and uh, I had the opportunity more by chance than really sort of deliberate, uh, I guess, uh, attempt on my part to find opportunities to invest in. Where a friend was starting a company and thought that, you know, he wanted me um, on his on his side, I guess, and uh, that was literally sort of my first investment, right? And I had a the thing that really struck me was as a result of the money that I invested, I was I had a ringside view, um, and the founder was sort of very open to having uh, strategic conversations with me and. Uh, the thing that I learned out of that experience, I guess, was that uh, capital aligns uh, motivations pretty uh, pretty clearly. And I think, uh, um, you know, I took that pretty pretty seriously in terms of saying that if I, if I want to take that forward into uh, making it a, a, a permanent vocation uh, for myself, what would that look like? And, and C plus happened as a result of uh, some of the work I did with with that startup and a couple of other startups in the US. Uh, in terms of Southeast Asia, I think I'm kind of unique because I went from doing uh, venture investing to angel investing, uh, where uh, early stage or seed stage uh, was the area I operated in from uh, about 2016 onwards when the market had started to take off. And I think uh, what I saw was that uh, uh, we were pretty much investing alongside the angels, right? There was a lot of interest from angels. Uh, so we had started seeing a greater percentage of our rounds being uh, taken by angel investors. So I got a ringside view of how angel investors think in, in Southeast Asia. And it was surprisingly very different from the US uh, in terms of, you know, 
uh, appetite to take risks uh, and and their ability to sort of uh, uh, help founders and uh, uh, you know therefore when I uh, I decided to take it more seriously post my C plus uh, experience uh, you know XA obviously stood up as an excellent option to align with in terms of uh, you know, making those investments so my uh, uh, my journey has been kind of going from the US to venture investing and now kind of angel investing in, in Southeast Asia. It's a bit of a, a unique uh, path, I guess. So it really sounds like, you know, this sort of work gives you both a lot of energy. So I'd like to, you know, just ask you about the XA network and why do you find it helpful and useful? Yeah, so... Um... That's a great question. Uh, as, as I said earlier, uh, I joined uh, a number of uh, angel network, uh, starting you know, with the one in, uh, in Hong Kong, and then uh, I was involved with a few angel network in, uh, in uh, Singapore before. And uh, uh, XA network is uh, just a different breed of um, investment network. Uh, it's really, you know, uh, a great opportunity for an investment network to provide uh, amazing value to uh, to entrepreneur, uh, really providing a smart capital. So uh, I see XA as, um, as a way to go above and beyond just the capital because at the end of the day, and I was very true uh, before COVID-19, uh, capital was a commodity, right? So uh, a founder wouldn't accept you on your on, the, on this cap table uh, just because of the capital, right? It's really what else can you bring as, um, as, as an investor, right? Can you help him with, um, you know, his, uh, his culture, his, uh, his fundraising, uh, marketing and sell? And I thought, you know, the, the, the collection of executives that uh, XA managed to put together was, uh, was really impressive and could really bring value to those founders, which doesn't exist uh, or didn't exist uh, before XA in, uh, in Singapore in, in Southeast Asia. I think for me, uh, Alap, it would be uh, the quality of the network. I think in my investing, uh, full-time investing, investing role at Seed Plus, one of the things that uh, uh, I observed was the struggle that founders had in terms of convincing angel investors on, uh, you know, the business, uh, and then going back to them for advice. And in both these situations, having seen around the bend, having seen a few uh, technology businesses and having grown them in the region, um, gives uh, XA members a a vastly different lens on um, on how to evaluate and then help. A startup, and therefore, the thing that really energizes me was about XA was the ability to sort of bring that quality of thinking to to startups, and um, I'm I'm truly excited by uh, by founders coming to us and saying that the quality of their conversation with us has been truly sort of high quality, right? I mean, it's at it's at sort of the top five five percentile that they've had in this region. And I think uh, in some cases, even above that. And I think 
for us, for me personally, that that really motivates me to, um, you know, to continue to sort of invest in in the region and with XA, uh, and continue to help founders in in whatever capacity I can, and then bring the network to help the founders as well. Got it. That's very interesting. So I think I heard both of you mention, you know, certain beats around what a founder can expect. So I'd love for both of you to put yourself in the founder's position. Can you talk to me about how XA differentiates versus all the other investing networks out there? And you've mentioned a little bit about this before, but I'd love if you could deep dive from a founder's lens. You know, I think the, uh, the, the, the way XA network differentiates itself um, is really giving founder access to the uh, to this amazing network of uh, big tech executives. I mean, the network has, uh, you know, some of the most senior executives in the uh, in the tech industry. Uh, people from Google and Facebook and, uh, and Amazon and so on and so forth. Uh, and those executives can uh, really be helpful when it comes to uh, opening doors and uh, really helping the uh, the founder with uh, with his. Uh, or her strategy in terms of fundraising, in terms of uh, sales and, uh, and marketing, as well as you know product design. So, um, so I think that's really the the, the value the network can um, can bring bring outside of the uh, the actual uh, capital. Yeah, I think um, I think for me it it comes in two parts, right? It's the experience uh, when we are evaluating the business and it's the experience of uh, the founder after we've invested and what the founder can expect as sort of post-deal help. And uh, I believe the first piece is, is it, it creates a certain perception in the mind of the founder, but sometimes it can also uh, you know, uh, cause sort of create or, or or I would say cause reputation to be, uh, you know, tarnished in a certain way if, if the experience is not great. And I believe that engaging founders, understanding their business and our ability to understand their business is what really, I guess, has helped, uh, uh, you know, is what founders can expect. Um, the post deal, um, and I think Tony covered a bit of it, uh, is is something that I, feel is not available to um, across the region to uh, the founder, even if they do try to sort of dip into some of the other angel networks, uh, having access to top tier talent in Southeast Asia that's uh, leading some of these companies, that's seeing trends before anyone else does, uh, hearing what's happening in other parts of the world uh, with similar businesses, uh, in similar regions, for example, what's happening in India, what's happening in Latin America, what's happening in China. I think these trends do sort of help um, founders when they're shared with them by, by our members. Uh, and, and it does open their minds up to possibilities and learnings from other regions that may be ahead in the maturity curve of uh, you know, Southeast Asia. So, uh, you know, I would kind of resonate uh, with, with Tony in terms of post-deal, but I also feel that pre-deal, uh, getting come, you know, angel investors to correctly understand their business the way they would like it to be is a big value add. 
and and that's what a founder can expect so this sounds really awesome this concept of smart capital both you know pre deal as well as post deal but i'd love to get into it a bit deeper can you give me some real world examples of how this has come to life with your companies yeah i'd like to give you two two concrete example uh the first one is uh, a company named uh, humi uh it's a it's an iot uh, startup based out of hong kong and uh we invested in the company a year ago and as they were closing the round uh, they wanted to make uh, an announcement and um, so instead of using uh, using a pr agency uh, we offer them to basically tap into the expertise of one of our member uh, who used to work in uh, some of the big big tech companies as a head of communication and uh, that was super helpful for the uh, the, the founder uh, to get uh, her perspective and also on the other hand to really save a lot of money uh, because uh, as you launch your, your company you need to be uh, to be very scrappy and uh, saving costs on, uh, on, the, on the PR agency uh, I think was uh, definitely very helpful for them. Uh, the second example would be um, uh, some of the workshop we, uh, we run uh, the, 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 the last one was a workshop about product design and uh, it was run by um, an ex-Googler uh, who was a, an engineer uh, based out of uh, Mountain View and uh, the, the session was extremely well received uh, by the, uh, the portfolio companies. Yeah, um, I think so along the same lines, Alap, um, I had the opportunity to invest in, in a company that was solving for uh, payments in, in education in Indonesia. The, the founder obviously was, was a first time founder in terms of raising venture capital. And uh, after flawless execution for a few months, um, you know, had a chat with me about raising his, uh, his next round. Uh, and, uh, you know, across a series of calls and, and face-to-face meetings, we discussed uh, the strategy uh, of how to raise a Series A round, uh, which is about I think four million dollars, uh, from a bunch of venture capital investors focused on Indonesia. And the reason I found um, this this case interesting is a, it's a very very local problem that he's trying to solve, and therefore the kind of investors that you would expect uh, would be slightly different from. Uh, the usual suspects of uh, investors who sort of are used to a certain kind of business and model. And therefore, uh, we had to carefully pick uh, our uh, prospects and uh, position the company slightly differently to each prospect to make it interesting for the prospects to, uh, you know, move forward in, in the fundraising process. And I think... Uh, when I speak to the founder, uh, he felt uh, super happy about just learning about how uh, VC funds are run and he uh, and how that motivates, uh, you know, the, the strategy of, of every fund in investing in a particular company. And um, that quality of advice, I believe, is what uh, uh, I think every XA member is bringing to their portfolio companies. And... Uh, uh, you know, that's really the value add, I believe, that uh, that we are able to uh, add to 
uh, most of our startups and has a direct impact on on enterprise value uh, the other example i would take is more more like just just listening to to our founders right and it's not so much giving them advice on product or business but just being there in terms of hearing them out uh, because i think often uh, uh, a lot of the uh, angel investors out there are super super busy and you know they they invest and really that's it and they speak maybe once in a few months but constantly sort of being in touch and uh, you know hearing the founder uh, in terms of what they're facing uh, we've observed that that's also sometimes a, a huge uh, value addition to 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 any founder so less subject matter expertise though that's where you know the i guess the secret sauce is but um, but also uh, just just some light touch on on just understanding their their situation much better so that was very interesting to hear. Thank you for sharing. Is there any unifying investment philosophy for the XA network? What do you consider and what do you not consider as a group of investors from a sector perspective? No, that, that's, a, that's a great point. Uh, I think the, the, the one thing that's important to understand is that uh, XA network is uh, an investment network. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not a fund, right? Um, so the reason why I mentioned that is because we don't have an investment thesis for the group. Uh, but what I can share is my own investment thesis and what I like to see uh, when I uh, meet an entrepreneur. The one thing uh, and the one question I ask is probably one of the first questions I ask a founder when I uh, met, meet him or her is why are you in Singapore? Uh, is it uh, is it a, an upside for you of being in Singapore, or is it uh, is it a liability? Right? And uh, if I realize uh, during the course of the conversation that that company should have been based in uh, in the Silicon Valley because it's better access to uh, talent and capital, then I basically usually don't don't invest in that company. Uh, if the answer is I'm in Singapore because uh, I can make a, a significant impact on the region and uh, the business is uh, highly local, uh, to me that makes sense. So um, really investing in companies that are based in Singapore for, for a reason because they give them uh, a competitive advantage in their business. Thanks, Tony. I think uh, for me, um way I think about it is uh, the kind of uh, verticals that we invest in. And the verticals are defined by where we can make an impact as a group, right? And there are certain areas that we, we, uh, we've decided that, uh, you know, XA should, the XA network should stay away from until they kind of understand it uh, much better. Um, you know, things like biotech uh, or, um, you know, medical devices that are that require significant regulatory approval um, or could be material science related are areas where uh, we naturally don't have the expertise as a group to add value and therefore you know when founders come to us the companies look exciting uh, they're probably going to change the world but uh, the lens we use is are we able to not just provide capital but make an impact and i think uh, uh, the companies actually don't meet the second criteria, and therefore we we have uh, so far uh, as a as a group stayed away from those. Uh, 
I hope that some of that starts to change as things uh, move forward as we're seeing, um, you know, with COVID-19 and related stuff, you know, more healthcare startups come up and our own understanding of the environment changing um, and accelerating in some sense. My hope is that we can, uh, we will uh, change the number of, uh, uh, you know, sectors that we cover. Uh, but, but yeah, I would say that if, uh, if a company, uh, as Tony said, is in Singapore, there are certain reasons why it's here. And therefore, uh, you know, in terms of uh, sector, we want to focus on sectors that are meaningful to Southeast Asia. Uh, and and uh, we, we think of uh, the XA network uh, from the perspective of the geography we find ourselves in. So, well, we as XA network uh, don't have an investment thesis. As Sher, you said, uh, it's really how can we bring value, right? And when we basically meet um, a founder, we always ask ourselves, can we bring value to that, uh, to that particular business? And if the answer is no, uh, even though the company could be great and, uh, and we don't understand the industry, uh, usually, usually we pass. And uh, because at the end of the day, the positioning of our, of our group is uh, clearly on smart capital. And we want to make sure that uh, when we invest in, in, in a startup, we really deliver value. And uh, if we invest in a startup outside of the industry where we could be relevant, then we, we will basically disappoint the, uh, the, the founder. So we prefer to stay away from that. Got it. That's extremely interesting. I want to pick up on something Chirayu mentioned, which was the region, right? So Southeast Asia seems to be incredibly important to the XA Network Group. And I'd like to ask both of you, what in your estimation makes this region so special? So from my perspective, this is a, this is a fast growing uh, region. Uh, it's highly fragmented, uh, but it's one of the largest uh, internet population in the world. And uh, it's, still, it's still growing. I mean, uh, right now, uh, Southeast Asia is 360 million internet users. Uh, they grew by, you know, 100 million uh, internet users in, uh, in a period of four years, and it will continue to grow. Uh, if you look at uh, Indonesia or Vietnam, the, uh, the penetration, the internet penetration is at 70%, so there is still uh, a lot of room to, uh, to grow. Uh, if you look at the internet economy overall, I was reading the, uh, the report from Google and Temasek, uh, it's around $100 billion. Uh, and we know that uh, it's expected to grow to $300 billion by 2025, which is truly mind-blowing. If you look at the Southeast Asia region of all, uh, I'm personally very excited about uh, Indonesia and, uh, and Vietnam, uh, because those, those markets are going to grow super fast. I mean, uh, it's expected to grow at 40% uh, year on year. Um, so even though these are uh, very emerging markets, uh, we start to see uh, some very interesting companies uh, emerging. I mean, um, in, in Indonesia, uh, we already see a number of uh, unicorns, companies like uh, Tokopedia and Bukalapak and, uh, and Traveloka. Uh, we haven't seen a uh, unicorn yet in, uh, in Vietnam, but uh, I really look, look, I'm really looking forward to see one. 
for me, it would be like a couple of factors, Alap. I think uh, one, uh, obviously, and Tony touched upon a few of these, it's, I think the demographics are very favorable. It's a younger population, uh, probably the youngest uh, uh, in, if you look at it as a collection in, in, in APAC. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's also a consuming uh, population. So uh, what you're seeing is uh, GDP growth year on year across the region is, is significant. Obviously, we'll be we'll getting into sort of a, uh, a bit of uh, turbulence with uh, COVID, but believe that long-term trends, and if you look at Vietnam, for example, that's, that's come out of it and is already projecting growth this year uh, at, at 4%. So even after COVID, you know, you're seeing economies grow. Uh, and that's happening because, uh, you know, the fundamentals in these economies in terms of a, a younger consuming population is, are all in favor. Um, the second thing is, you know, the, the region is pretty unique. It's, uh, you know, you could look at it as, as 10 cities or you could look at it as five countries, uh, different languages. And therefore, uh, uh, and it is a talent, uh, uh, you know, constrained economy. And therefore, it's just not possible for U.S. companies to come here and and win uh, without a lot of hard work. And therefore, it evens out the field between uh, you know companies coming from the outside and then companies that are locally created that understand uh, the market uh, at a much more deeper level. And it's this combination that makes um, makes it far more interesting uh, in terms of looking at companies that are that are trying to solve local problems. And these could be as local as saying, I'll only solve for Indonesia uh, and create a reasonable size business, or I only solve for say, Thailand uh, and I create a reasonable size business, or it could be across Southeast Asia. But the diversity uh, you know, combined with deep regional knowledge is, uh, is hard to match for someone that comes from the outside and wants to just uh, take the whole market. And, and that makes uh, this region pretty exciting. Okay, amazing. So I wanted to end with a little bit of a rapid fire round. And the rules of engagement are one, give me the first thing that comes to your mind and then a bit of explanation. And two, keep it short. So let's start with Chirayu first. Chirayu, what is a recent company you invested in that's publicly known and why? I invested in Tiger Hall. So Tiger Hall is trying to change the way corporate uh, training works. And the reason I invested in the company was just the quality of the founder. Uh, she knew more than a whole room of uh, experts at XA asking her questions about uh, her business. And that uh, that actually made the case that uh, she really uh, is the smartest person to uh, build this business in, in Southeast Asia. Amazing. Tony, what about you? I invested in a company called uh, Turtle Tree Labs. Uh, so this company is based in Singapore and they uh, create um, cell-based milk. And the reason why I invested in the company, I mean, same as Shirayu, uh, the founders, the quality of the founder was just amazing. Uh, the CEO is, uh, is an ex-Uber. And it was also a little bit of um, uh, impact investment for, for me because uh, this company is solving uh, a big problem, uh, which is actually polluting a lot, particularly in, uh, in a country like New Zealand. Amazing, thank you. All right, Tony, we're going to stay with you. I'm going to ask you to stack rank four things from a, from an investing and founder perspective. Idea, execution, team, market. How would you stack rank them? 
Um, team execution market idea. Awesome. Okay, Chirayu, what about you? Idea, execution, team, and market. How would you stack one? Market, team, execution, idea. Okay, fantastic. Um, Chirayu, we'll stay with you. What's been your biggest miss of your investing career? And why did you decide not to go with that uh, opportunity? The biggest uh, miss is a company called Airlift. Uh, it uh, The founder came to me when he was just raising his uh, sort of pre-seed round and wanted to do bus sharing in Indonesia and I kind of uh, advised him to do go do something else and he decided to do it anyways and raised uh, the largest uh, round that first round capital has has uh, done outside the US so I can I could safely say that's been my biggest miss of my career. Super interesting. Tony, what about you? What's been your biggest miss? Uh, of course, I have a recency bias. Uh, one of my biggest uh, miss would be uh, a company named Sleek. And uh, it's a company based in Singapore. And I still remember the, uh, the, the co-founder uh, came to visit me in my office in Marina Bay Financial Center. And uh, he had like just uh, two or three pages uh, business plan and uh, he wanted me to invest and um, I, I decided to pass and um, the company I think did really really well and truly disrupting the uh, uh, corporate secretary uh, business and, uh, and I feel you know what they're doing is uh, it's quite amazing so definitely ending, uh, ending up in my uh, black book. That's great thank you both so much for sharing. Um, okay, Tony, we'll stay with you. Gun to your head. You can only pick one. Product market fit or great founder? Which one do you pick and why? Uh, great founder. And uh, the reason why is because we invest very early stage. And uh, of course, the, uh, the idea and the concept is going to, uh, to change. The, the, the founder is, uh, will have to pivot. And we need to have a founder that can be uh, resilient and uh, not give up if there is any uh, challenge ahead. Uh, so uh, definitely from the first. Right, what about you? I would say in a fragmented market like Southeast Asia with so many uh, countries, I would pick founder. Uh, the reason is you might get product market fit in one country, but every country is almost starting ground up. And therefore, the quality of the founder determines the success. If he or she can get, uh, you know, product market fit in in every one of those unique markets. Great, got it. All right, Chiray, next one is for you. Um, you know, investing at such an early stage is always about contrarian thinking. So tell me one thing you believe that few other people agree with you on. So I, I think uh, uh, the stuff that I, I, I truly believe in is that uh, market size is the most important determinant in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, and the reason I say that is uh, uh, it's still a growing market and it, it's important to know uh, going in what the hypothesis around you know, the problem that uh, the founder wants to solve is and uh, market size in my opinion will play a huge role in 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 sort of uh, success of a of a company in southeast asia and therefore i would say that uh, i would sort of rate the market uh, above the founder in many cases uh, and I think I know that there are a lot of people who want to go the other way. Tony, what about you? Uh, for me, it's really, uh, really timely because um, 
it's about this uh, this COVID-19 situation. Uh, I feel that the uh, this situation will profoundly impact, you know, the the way people are uh, interacting with uh, many things, and uh, will profoundly impact, you know, the uh, the customer behavior in the long run. A lot of people think that um, uh, this is all temporary, and uh, people are changing their behavior, you know, in a in a lockdown situation, and things will go back to normal. Uh, I would uh, I would disagree with that. I think uh, the the world will definitely change, and uh, we'll see a digital tsunami coming. Very interesting. All right, so we we'll stay with you. Uh, what is the single biggest mistake you've seen angels make in Southeast Asia? Uh, what I've seen is some of the uh, the green angels uh, basically uh, investing without doing the homework, uh, just because of the fear of missing out, uh, just following the crowd. And uh, at the at the end of the day, it's not helpful because that's not how that's not how you build your skills as a as a, as a savvy investor. And uh, and sometimes you need uh, you need to go counter the crowd and have your own uh, your own opinion. Great, Trayo. I think uh, the biggest uh, mistake a ton of angels have, have made is uh, you know falling in love with the deal uh, and not taking a step back and sort of analyzing it enough. Uh, I think once they see a deal and they like one thing about it. Uh, they tend to sort of go all in and say, you know, uh, the, therefore the deal must be. They start justifying to them themselves the decision, and I think taking a step back, hearing, you know, uh, a couple of uh, views that are not in the same zone as them, uh, might get them to uh, make more careful choices. Uh, and therefore, I feel like you know, it's it's uh, it, it's something that I see angels do most of the time. Chirayu, what's the single best thing a founder can do when pitching you? I love to get pitched on a whiteboard. So, uh, you know, if there's no deck and just have a conversation around the business and maybe reference the written material occasionally, I I just like that uh, conversation because this is not about the business. This is the story of the founder and uh, how he or she has come up with the idea, what motivated the founder to be uh, you know, to to start the company and solve that specific problem over all the other problems that are available, and I feel that uh, you know going through a formal sort of deck uh, doesn't do justice to the passion that most founders bring to the table. And therefore, you know, if I were to say the single biggest thing, it would be best thing rather would be just having a conversation and getting to know each other. What about you, Tony? For me, it's really uh, simplifying. Uh, I feel that the. Uh, the best leaders are the the best uh, simplifiers. Uh, I think it's very easy to uh, to make um, you know something very complex. And um, usually, you know, when the uh, the founder is simplifying things so that you completely get it, and even though you are you don't understand the industry, you don't necessarily understand the product. I think that's a very uh, powerful skill to have. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much to my guests, Chirayu and Tony, for their openness and perspectives on seed and angel investing in Southeast Asia. It's been great having you with us, and I look forward to hearing back from both of you in the future about the journeys you take with Southeast Asia's entrepreneurs. And that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back at a regular cadence, bringing you the best in entrepreneurs, angel investors, and ecosystem players. Do check us out at www.xanetwork.co and do tune in for the next episode.